The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm still your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on today's podcast, I have recurring guest and again, almost co-host, as I say it every week, Jake Carlson, as well as my littlest brother, but basketball history extraordinaire, uh, Luke <laughs> Ransom Alexander, with the LRA podcast coming soon, I've been told. So, Jake, how's it going real quick here? Going pretty well. Just uh, playing FIFA. We've got the official last day of school tomorrow. So, for whatever that's worth, um, I won't be doing a whole lot of it this summer. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, Luke, how's it going with you here? Um, hanging out. Not much to do. Yeah. It's just fun to have something new every once in a while. Oh yeah, for sure. Staying busy here in Oklahoma City. So, um, Jake, I know we've been doing kind of the weekly podcast here during quarantine and trying to make the best of the no sports, but some sports. We, of course, did the NFL draft not too long ago, uniform redesigns last week, as well as the movie The Scheme, or the documentary The Scheme on HBO. And this week, kind of want to cover a little bit of The Last Dance, as well as talk about these Bradley Beal rumors here or so for uh, at least at least some time to keep up with the weekly episodes as well as keep the listeners ears full of new content uh, week to week so we gotta we just gotta sit on the rumor mill oh yeah we gotta sit on the rumor mill we're staying hyped hyped on the rumor mill and um, everything else to go get on some uh, some uh, college boards yeah let them know what you're thinking that was a joke Bunch of old dudes. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, I'd say a little bit of that, but also some really passionate fans. So, all right, so here's where we're hearing, right? We are hearing that Bradley Beal rumored trade to the Nets, of course, possibly over the offseason, whenever that officially kicks in, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, what I know you're the Wizards fan of the group. What are your initial thoughts if Bradley Beal gets traded? So... Backstory, I'm sure I've told this before. I am a Wizards fan because of Bradley Beal. Um, So I've kind of said that I would be a fan basically wherever he went. Um, However, in my case, the Nets, to me, if I became a fan of the Nets, it seems like a cop-out. It just seems like unfair. Like, I don't want to do that to myself. I've invested a lot in the Wizards, you know. There were a few teams where I'm like, okay, I can get behind them. Um, I know those Portland rumors were swirling. Um, and I have no issue rooting for Damian Lillard. Um, I'm sure we'll get a Bucks rumor here soon. Um, probably not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe the year after that. Probably with a couple years left in Beal's contract. Um, we'll get a Bucks rumor once uh, Middleton gets older. Um, you know, and that's another one of those teams. I don't think that's very fair. You know, I don't want to just, I don't want to pull the LeBron fan base and be like, Oh, I'm going to root for the heat now. (laughs) You know, we have some friends that are heat fans, but they were heat fans. Like Gabe and Nate were both heat fans prior to LeBron being there. Um, they were D Wade fans. So it's, it's a little different. Um, but yeah, so my initial thought, so my buddy Dre uh, sent this over in our group chat, and my initial thought was like, ooh, like E-W-U, or yeah, E-W-W-U. <laughs> um, 
And I, because my thought is, so yeah, they can put everyone on the table. That's fine. I don't really, but what, what did the Nets have? You know, we were talking a bit before and it's like what we get Karis LeVert, who seems to be hurt every year. Um, I know he's good, but if he can't stay on the court, then I don't want him. Um, right. The only one that entices me, as I told you earlier, is Jared Allen. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, like I like him, but is he worth is he worth Bradley Beal? And as we said earlier, you know there were there have been stuff swirling around on Twitter about uh, you know Beal being a top three shooting guard, which I think he is. Uh, am I am I wrong there? Do you think Beal's a top three shooting guard? I I think he's a top three. I struggle to think of. Who else is up there, right? Are we talking um, McCollum? Yeah, so so what, McCollum, Harden, Clay, and Beal, you know? And I I would say definitely Beal's over McCollum in this point, so he's definitely top three. Mm -hmm. I'd be excited as a basketball fan to see, um, I guess to see like a Katie, Kyrie, and Beal team go up against I presumably think the Bucks, Raptors, and then uh, Philadelphia 76ers, right? So you have kind of mm-hmm. the small crossover heavy ISO guys um, playing against the big, you know, the bigger lineup in the Sixers or the bigger lineup in the Bucks or the kind of, I don't even know how to categorize the Raptors right now, the creative, I don't know. Um, the, Raptors just, <laughs> we'll the, Raptors, the Raptors are really good every single night because they do something a little bit different is, is my take on it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're, they're kind of, Nick Nurse is one of the great coaches we have right now, and if he ends up with the Spurs at some time in the future, I would not be shocked. I don't think he's leaving the Raptors anytime soon, though, of course. Um, yeah. He just seems like that Greg Popovich style of coach where he is going to always make sure that team is at least halfway decent every single year, you know, playoff hunt mm-hmm. or bust. Um, I- I'd be excited if Beal went to the Nets because I think it would shake up the Eastern Conference a little bit more even. I'd already presumed that KD and Kyrie could basically be a number one or two seed in the East, fully healthy, and... Be good to go. I mean, you talk about a season for teams to tank. This had to be the season. Like, you know what? Let's tank because of how the postseason's working out, right? Yeah. But that's on another note entirely. Um, and I got to think if you're, you know, a team that's recovering from injury and getting right all type of stuff, this is the year if you're the Nets. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this is not the year to be the Clippers, on the other hand, or to be the Lakers necessarily with Anthony Davis having free agency this, I believe, this summer. And mm-hmm. presumed to return to L.A., but also having, you know, you have, um, as been said many times before on Ringer podcast, ESPN podcast, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, Kawhi and Paul George only signed it two and two. So they could theoretically have this. Se- they have this season and just next guaranteed. Although, again, ludicrous step for them to drop out. I would I would be hurt if the Wizards don't get something back that is valuable for their future, because right now, as it stands, I'm not a Wizards fan. I know you're not a. I know you're like a direct Wizards fan right now. But again, if, like you said, if Beal left, you wouldn't necessarily be a direct Wizards fan anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I like John Wall's game when he's healthy. I think he plays really well. I was always wanting them to trade for Demarcus Cousins when he was with the Kings when he was still really, really good. Now, of course, you know, kind of 
looks like Cousins is definitely past his prime, especially as the injuries rack up. But I think Wall needs to be in almost a perfect system. I think Beal is almost the perfect shooting guard to have him play with. You know, a guy who can create his own dribble, but knocks down threes um, like crazy as well, can go off for 50-plus in a game. But they still needed that one more piece. And so if I'm the Wizards, this would be a, this would be a, you know, a blow it up move, as Kevin O'Connor would yeah. say. And, well, and I just want I, them to get first rounders back in the future. You know, I want I, I I'm saying yeah. plural though, like two first rounders in the future. And, and and what's the value of a Nets first rounder? Like if they get Beal, like what what pick are you getting? You're getting twenty five and beyond, I would assume, right? So if, yeah, so and if you get Beal, like, it's got it's got to be like a twenty twenty three twenty twenty. For yeah. you know, it's got to be something like this in the future. You can't, it can't be, um, like it Immediate. couldn't be, you know, hey, we'll trade you whoever the Wizards draft this year. Cause I don't, I mean, the Wizards might draft, you know, the greatest player in this year's draft, but everyone even says next year's draft is more important. But in the same, mm-hmm. the same breath, you want John Wall's contract to be off the books when you draft these two top, you know, when you have the two first rounders from the Nets, as well as probably your own first rounder, et cetera, in the future. You yeah. would want Wall's contract to still be on the books during that time. Well, you know? and Ky- Kyrie and Beal, I don't know how much sense that makes. In my head, it just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, Beal isn't the greatest defender but he's not as bad as the statistics have made him look i mean look at the other guys that he's attempt i mean he had isaiah thomas for half the year and if anybody want to says well deficient defensive efficiency is only based off no it's not it's just not like you can't you can't judge like steph curry is a bad defender but the warriors would be so much worse if they didn't have clay thompson defending that's just a fact Right. It'd be worse if they didn't have Draymond Green defending. That's a fact. But the Wizards' best center over the past, the span since Beal has been there has been Martin Gortat. Yeah. So, and like John Wall is a great on ball defender. He always has been because he's just more athletic than everybody else. You know, like we, we saw John Wall and Russell Westbrook go at it, and it's like watching mirror images of the same player. You know, because it's right. just like nonstop intensity all the time. But Beal with Kyrie, like I can only assume that that backcourt is just getting blown by, <laughs> right? Like it, it, you're putting a lot of pressure on three through five, sometimes four and five to to pick up that load. And yeah, they would be able to score, you know, 150 points a game. And that's that's fine, but Kyrie has off nights. Beal has off nights. I you know I watched him. Um, there was a game we were watching. I don't remember what game it was, um, but it was here, and it was pretty close to before the season um, ultimately ended up being no longer at that point. And he went like one for ten in the fourth quarter, and it was a close game. You know, and, and it's like sometimes you get games like that, so it would be bound to happen with the Nets. You know, like KD's not going to be hitting all the time, especially he's getting older, coming off the Achilles, all that. But Kyrie and Bradley Beal just make zero sense to me. I think you need 
the the reciprocal of each. You know, that's why Steph and Clay work so well, as we were talking about earlier, because Steph can create off the dribble, whereas Clay is just a pure spot up shooter. So if Steph drives and drags two defenders, he can just pass it to Clay. You know, it, it's simple, and John Wall can't really shoot, but he also drags two defenders. So. But with Kyrie, I mean, that dude's just going to sit there and dribble the air out of the ball for four quarters. Yeah. I mean, Luke, what are what are you thinking here? I mean, you're, you're the youngest of the group here, but you've also watched you know, the Warriors play a ton of basketball. Do you think Clay Thompson is better than Bradley Beal? How do you think this works? Um. Well, I mean, I value defense very much, and, uh, I mean, well, it's one of the most important parts of the game, I would say. Um, and in the sense of defense, I mean, Trey doesn't lock down people, but he's a good defender, and, but Bradley Beal, I just, I mean, I just see him walking down people, like, night after night, just, it's hard to get past him. So, who, who would you take, though? Would you take Clay Thompson or Bradley Beal if you had to choose? Um, especially for the Nets, Bradley Beal, just because, like you said, uh, I mean, uh, Kyrie just doesn't share the ball that well, and I kind of thought there would be conflict between KD and Kyrie for that reason, and adding another person who has, I mean, who needs 100 touches a night or whatever, uh, that doesn't fit in my mind, where Bradley Beal is and seems to me like an unselfish Hardworking basketball player. I like this Luke kid. You should bring him on more often. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get him on more often for sure. Um, I think yeah, Clay Thompson fits. Point. Yeah, I mean, it's I think Clay Thompson fits. I, I, I mean, it really is. I think Clay Thompson fits the the Warrior scheme better than he would, uh, better than Bradley Beal would. But unless you, ha- it, it matters a lot of that point guard you're playing with is, you know, next to. But if you're if you're Kyrie Irving, one Kyrie gets injured, two doesn't play a ton of great defense. But he's not he's not like known in my mind at least. It's just a guy who's going to spot up and shoot threes or whatever. Beal has done that before, but Beal also has been a ball handler and a creator and all type of stuff too. So I would think mm-hmm. if you're if you're looking at it near the Nets, one, you know Bradley Beal is more available on the market. Two, I think Beal would work better with your system and everything you have put in place as well. I I also think you have to run Katie at the four in this scenario, though. There's no way. Yeah. And by, by that, I mean, basically, you have to have, like, what everyone does in the NBA today. But you have to have, you know, your, your wing guy has to be an Andre Roberson or a... Um, Cephalosha when he used to be with the Thunder a while ago, or a um, Bruce Brown, or somebody who plays really, really good defense is what I'm getting at. Tony Allen esque, etc. So that when you ha- when you do face up against Westbrook, when you do face up against the Warriors, when you do face up against you know actually Westbrook and Harden the Rockets, or you face up against um, gosh, you know the Celtics with you know Kemba and Tatum and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, you're not lost completely with three more offensive guys than not. I'd say KD has known to be pl- has known to play solid defense before in stretches, not not necessarily games, but in stretches. Kyrie never really been known for his defense. 
Beal, I think, plays adequate defense, but this team, if it's if it's put together, needs that defensive guy and needs to score 110 points average a game. You know, they need to be like top five averaging points per game in a season, which I don't think they'd struggle with either. Yeah. Well, you either do that or you put in like a Gallinari. You know, someone that doesn't necessarily need the ball but can just stand in the court. That's your other option if you really just want to go like full blown. They would really have to go like full blown Rockets. Like that would be their scheme if they weren't able to get a defensive guy. You know, it's like, okay, well, who's the best three that can shoot on the market? That would be. That would ultimately, or you get like Bertans and you run like Kyrie, Beal. KD, Bertons, Jared Allen. Yeah, you're, you're going to need that other guy. Um, yeah. I don't think Gallinari would work well just because I don't think he'd want to go there, to be honest. Um, well, no, and they couldn't afford to pay Couldn't him. afford him. He'd have to come off the bench pretty much a lot of games, etc. Um, I mean, it's almost as if the the Nets should trade Kyrie Irving to the Thunder or something to get Chris Paul. And I know you're not a Chris Paul fan, but mm-hmm. you almost, he's, a good you almost player. he's a good player and you almost need that guy who's going to make the correct pass nine out of ten times if you've got Beal and Durant on your team as well. Kyrie is amazing, but I've also seen Kyrie be amazing on a Cavs team with arguably the best player in the NBA. And I've seen him do not make the playoffs when it's just him by himself and there's, you know, no one else on his team. So, and who knows with, with KD, he could mesh extremely well and they could be off to a fiery start as well. You know, we haven't even seen the play together yet. I think that was one of the duos that we missed out on that, that rumor about Beal going to the thunder. I think that yeah. Russell Westbrook Beal duo was probably one of the ones where we'd have been like, wow, they were really good. They probably wouldn't have won a championship, but they would have been really good, you know, because now we get like Harden and Westbrook is they're somehow making it work. I don't understand how I think it's just because they're friends. Um, but yeah. like Beal, like Luke said, Beal isn't a selfish player. He doesn't always need the ball. He only has the ball now because they'll lose if he doesn't. have it. <laughs> but and he doesn't want to lose. So it's one of those things I meant to bring this up. So, since you brought up the Thunder and Chris Paul, um, there was a tweet that I saw that before the season, the Thunder had a 0.2% chance to go to the playoffs. And so people were like, okay, you need to praise Chris Paul more for this. In my head, I never thought the Thunder were that bad on paper. I don't know why people thought they were going to be that bad. Because I remember early in the year, the Wizards beat the Thunder at Oklahoma City. And I was like, wow, that's that's impressive because the Wizards are really bad. And I had people arguing with me, no, the Thunder are worse. And I was like, no, they're not. I promise. They're not a worse basketball team than the Washington Wizards. And I was proved correct. Um, but, like, I, I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Like, did you think the Thunder were that bad before the season went that they had a 0.2% chance to go to the playoffs? Um, They... Yeah, they were definitely underrated. I mean, they have, I mean, they're such a young team, so I can see the, uh, point of view where, I mean, they are a young team, unproven for the most part. 
Uh, and I mean, uh, Chris Ball, who's getting older, not old yet, but older, uh, I mean, Steven Adams, his duo with, uh, Westbrook, and I mean, he, he, like, just, he, when he has, uh, people to help him, I mean, he's really good, but I can see the point of view that they wouldn't be good, but they're, I mean, yeah, I mean, their chemistry is what makes them good, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the, the way that they f- flow, I guess, is just so, I mean, Chris Ball either draws them in. I mean, uh, I mean, Steven Adams. I mean, whatever. They just have so many places to go that will make the shot and are, for the most part are underrated. I also think the, the one thing that a lot of ESPN predictions, all type of stuff didn't see coming is you had two guy, you have two guys on the Thunder who were very low usage rates last season who all of a sudden got a much bigger role and a much bigger chance in. Um, Chris Paul and Danilo Garnari, as well as uh, SGA, Sir uh, Gildas Alexander. And you I think know I'm between, a big fan of. yes, you're a big fan of. I'm a big fan of. Luke said he's a big fan of as well in SGA, right? Exactly. So I think what we saw is we saw three guys who one wanted to prove himself. Period. He belongs in the league and should not have been. Maybe he kind of wants to come out and be like, "Hey, look, listen, I'm I'm a really good player." The Clippers weren't an accident last year, making to you know squeaking into the eighth seed with mm-hmm. me. Two, I think Chris Paul goes. Hold on a second here. Everyone's talking bad about my contract, and I'm playing with almost the highest usage rate guy in the NBA, if not tied with Westbrook for it. And Harden, hang on a yep. second. Let me let me let me do my thing. Let me play how I used to, but not have to try to alley oop it to DeAndre Jordan the whole time. Let me play you know this certain way. Um. And then you also got Gallinari, who goes, this is my this this is the last year of my deal. I just got included in a trade. I've got something to prove as well. So you take you know you take three guys who um, come to the team fresh. Who one Chris Paul? I you know I'd assume is a pretty darn good locker room guy. Is the I think what the NBA Player Association president, et cetera, et cetera. So you know, just not be... at the Clippers apparently, from what <laughs> I've heard. But uh, yeah. that was just a side note. But yeah. Yeah, right. So, so you know what I mean? So I think you have these three guys who come in who didn't have a lot of usage rate and you kind of take, if you take, oh, this is how these guys did last year. Well, Chris Paul by himself last year with, you know, when he was just, just the guy by himself and Arden take a couple breaks, probably wasn't that good. Gallinari, same thing, you know, SGA, same thing. But all of a sudden you put all three of those guys who were decent, but not great together, who I think if it was just Chris Paul and no Gallinari, the team might have been eighth seed, maybe, you know, and uh, there were a couple of things in the West, too, where I thought the Spurs would be uh, back, you know, Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, and they might still be in the playoff hunt right now. I kind of haven't looked at uh, that recently. I didn't think Zion would sit out and thought the Pelicans would definitely be in the mix higher up. Um, didn't think they'd have a bad stretch at all this season like they kind of did, you know, and I, there's another team or two that I'm kind of forgetting point. about. Huh? Portland. 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 Yeah. Portland's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So Portland's the other one. So those, I think I'm talking about three teams there. I think I'm talking about the Pelicans, Spurs, and Port, and, uh, Trailblazers, who, um, all three of those teams, I thought they'd be back in the playoffs and there would be no spot for Oklahoma City at that point. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There just wouldn't be a chance for yeah. them to get in. And I did think this Oklahoma City team was undervalued and people were kind of overlooking it, et cetera, et cetera. 
But I also went, okay, I've seen how Chris Paul's played the last two seasons. It's nothing, it's not been, you know, anything to show for. He was the most clutch player in the fourth quarter this season, you know, and stuff like that that I didn't see coming out of anywhere. You know, Chris Paul's in big shots. You also have Dennis Schroeder, who without Westbrook ends up playing big minutes and is going for six man of the year candidate. And, yeah. you know, you got Stephen Adams doing his, you know, quality role thing. You have Nerlens Noel, who could probably start on the right team in an NBA setting, you know. I mean, I would think definitely for the Hornets, you know, and a couple other teams that are not in the playoffs, you know, Noel could definitely start for them. But you have him coming probably the start bench. for the Wizards. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Noel's free agent this summer if you guys want to go after him. Um, I think he just signed a one, one plus one. But I, I think all of that type of stuff together, you have a bunch of quality role players as well as two guys who have started for a while in the league. Gallinari forever with the Nuggets and the Clippers, now Thunder, and, you know, Chris Paul with the, of course, Clippers. Yeah, I mean, even before then, it was, you know, Pelicans and Clippers and then Rockets and then Oklahoma City. And that experience helps out a lot, too, I think, as well. Yeah, and I, I just remember, like, looking at their team, and I'm like, yeah, they're not great. Like we've said, they're a young team. But I I don't remember looking at them and going, okay, they have a 0.2% chance to go to the playoffs. You know as a 0.2% chance to go to the playoffs? Like, the Wizards. Like, because you look at Chris Paul. I mean, you have Chris Paul, Shea, like you said, like all those guys. You have your top four players locked in. Which is always a good thing. You know, you have Chris Paul, Shea, Gallinari, and Steven Adams. And then you have a six man off the bench. That usually that's all you need for good team basketball. You know, usually you will go to the playoffs with four consistent starters. You know, Gallinari's really been hurt this year, which is fantastic. And a six man. And so, like, I, I just, I saw that stat the other day, and I'm like, that's embarrassing. I don't know who put that together, but they should probably be fired. And also, the other team, Calvin, the Timberwolves, being yeah. as hard. They're bad. They're Timberwolves, bad yeah. Team. Yeah, they're, they're, they're second to last, and they yeah. should be trying to win, and they are going to almost have the same amount of chances as the number one overall pick as Golden State this year, who's trying to lose. Um and and I'm not going to say anything bad about Cat, you know, given his circumstances. I've never been that impressed. You know, I think he's really good offensively. I don't think he could guard me. Um, I mean, he probably, he's obviously joking. He, he definitely could <laughs> guard me. But you understand my point. Um, yeah. He struggles defensively. And he gets a lot more praise than he probably should. Um, cause it seems like he kind of fits in that Bradley Beal conversation where it's like, oh, he's really good offensively and Beal gets bashed for being bad at defense, but Cat doesn't. At least by the national media, you know, Twitter users will call Cat out. Um, the national media won't. And I don't think there's enough like backlash coming down on the Timberwolves. Like, why are you guys so bad? You shouldn't be this bad. You're supposed to have a you know top ten, top fifteen player in the league, and you guys are terrible. I yeah, I don't, I don't get why they're as bad as they are. Um, yeah, I go through their roster, and of course they made a trade. You know, I mean, 
pretty big trade getting D'Angelo Russell here at the deadline, getting Andrew Wiggins off mm-hmm. the books, um, and getting him off the team too. Um, the the guys they have on their team that I know of is Evan Turner, Carlton Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Josh Kogi, because he blows up the Thunder anytime he plays against the Thunder. Um, <laughs> I mean, just, the guy goes off. James Johnson, but not the one I know. Um, then you've they got traded for him too, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then you've got um, Culver, right. Culver, and Beasley, Malik Beasley, of course. Um, yeah. I I just they listen, shouldn't be, I, they shouldn't I don't have get nineteen it. wins. <laughs> right. Is, like they, so they have, have right now. Wins. Yeah. They Something like that. Yeah, they're nineteen and forty-five on the season. And I'm going back through their schedule here a little bit. And, you know, lost at Rockets, lost home to Pelicans, lost home to Magic, um, you know, lost to Mavericks. They're pretty much just, it looks like here, just not scoring straight up enough points um, <laughs> to win the game. The, I say that to be funny, but I also say that for this. In several of their losses here, the games, they're losing games where the opponent is scoring 115 points plus. I mean, there is a sh- the last three games they played, they lost all three of them, and the Magic beat them 132 to 118. Pelicans beat them 10, uh, excuse me, Pelicans beat them 120 to 107, and Rockets 111 to 117. So, my thought is, if you're the Timberwolves, one, you need to play better defense, but two, <laughs> You just and there's a game here against the Raptors. They scored 126 points, but you know what the Raptors scored? 137. Um, they'll they have two their two most recent wins is at the Heat, and they scored 129, only one by three by the way, and then versus the Clippers, where it had to be kind of a weird fluky game for the Clippers because they scored 115, but the but the uh, Timberwolves talking about scored 142. So. That that type of stuff is just you can't win games consistently if the opponent is always scoring over 110. You know? Yeah. And I yeah. know I know from watching the last dance that listen, teams used to score fifty-four in the finals game. <laughs> Heck, Utah, there you go. Um but you know, you used to score eighties, you know, seventies, you know, nineties, and it wasn't that uncommon. Now we're seeing every single game is over 100, which, to be honest, I'm a lot more fan of, you know, some good offense with, you know, really good defense in the finals and the playoffs, etc., where game gets slower. But it, it, the Timberwolves should be better. They should. They should be better. Um, hopefully next season. Next season's got to be the season, though. They just paid Cat. D'Angelo Russell just got paid to. Now they're both locked into those guys' contract. They need to get the Obi Toppin or, I don't know, if Lamelo Ball probably wouldn't help him. He's probably, in D'Angelo Arsenal, probably battling for the same kind of position. Um, but, you know, they need, yeah, to, they they need to get that. they also wouldn't be able to guard anybody. True. True. Goodness gracious. Um, but they need, to get, they need to get one more guy. Yeah, at least one more guy. You know, they have to get in this, in this upcoming draft, if they end up having a top five pick, Whenever the lottery comes out, they need to have a top, top guy from the draft. They need to make the right choice because it's now put up or shut up time if you're Carlton Towns. I'm assuming the guy is still extremely young. I mean, he just signed his second NBA contract, so he's definitely not 20. I'd say he's 25 or under for sure. 
Um, I'll look it up here in a second. But it Carlton Towns I thought would be amazingly good when he came out from Kentucky. He looked really, really good in college with a bunch of other guys who were really, really skilled. He comes in the league, plays Minnesota. Andrew Wiggins is kind of here and there, running around. It's kind of odd, you know? It's the best way to say it. Um, I thought Wiggins would be really good, too. I thought Wiggins' game would transition more to the NBA than it did in college. And it didn't. And now if you're Carlton Towns, you've got to really go after it again. Because, I mean, you've had Jimmy Butler on your team at one point. You've had, of course, you had Andrew Wiggins, who's a top five pick. He was a number one overall pick. Now you got D'Angelo Russell, who I think was a number two overall pick. You got to eventually figure it out. There's not going to be a situation in my mind where Carlton Towns goes, I want to request a trade, and he's traded to a team that is not um, a bottom five team. There's no way in my mind that Carlton Towns you know, sits somewhere and goes, I'm not playing another game unless you trade me to the Lakers or the Clippers. Yeah, it's not happening. He's not yeah. going to, it's not, it's just, you got to figure out how to improve yourself, make better stats. And remind me, though, wasn't he okay or pretty darn good to start out the season? Were the Timberwolves, like, pretty good to start out the season and they just fell off completely since then? Yeah, they uh, they had a tweet, I believe, where they won, like, a certain amount of games in a row. And the Timberwolves tweeted um, something like, oh, that's eight in a row. And... They have 19 wins on the year. <laughs> so, like, that's almost half your wins. Um, and there were people on, online that would just troll them. They which won the. Uh, you kind of jinxed yourself. Yeah, they won four of their five first games. If they're talking. Let's see. I'm going to go after and it. And then they just completely capsized. For whatever reason that was. Yeah, I mean, they, let's see, till November 13th, so they have 19 wins right now. Um, November 13th, they, going back to November 13th, they have went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So they won basically half their games before November 13th. If I want to extend it just a little bit farther, by November they lost 18th. 10 in a row. Yeah, by November 18th, they had 10 wins. So, that's that's pretty decent. I mean, you know, that'd be pretty darn good. You had 10 wins, you had Timberwolves, etc. You just gotta keep that up. And then all of a sudden, they just fell straight off. They got two more wins shortly after that in November, and um, they won two games the whole month of December. They won three games in January. I mean, we're two wins in February, and I know that they all start breaking their twos. They lost just, 10 in a row, and then they lost 13 in a row. <sighs> that's not how you do it. I would say that's not a formula for success. For success, excuse me. You and know? they're not really getting blown out. Like, they're not blowouts, but they just can't stop anybody. Yeah, that's I mean, it. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just they're not, they're not holding anyone, and they're also not scoring enough. They're not yeah. necessarily losing these games because they're not scoring enough. They're not stopping anyone. Games are 120 plus for a lot of stuff. Um, and I did look up here. Let's see. Carlton Towns is 24. So, okay. I mean, yeah, you think an NBA player peaks, you know, around age 30 to 32. LeBron's a different story. Kevin Gray might be a different story, but, you know, he's got plenty of room left to grow, plenty of years, but at the same point, 
The Timberwolves would be one of those teams that I would love to root for. I'll say it that way. If they were, <laughs> if they were good, that's like the indie hipster team of the league. You know, yeah. I think the Thunder have all taken that spot from them, but now the Thunder got to be too good too quick with KD, Russ, and Harden, and now it was it every was man the too Bucks, good. And then the it Bucks was the Bucks, like flipped a switch. Yeah, was the Bucks with uh, Giannis, but now, man. I thought Carlton Towns would be, oh, yeah, he's better than Joel Embiid. It wouldn't even be a discussion. And now there's, today, there's no question. I'd rather have Embiid for 60 games than Towns for a whole season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I keep going back to that one year when the when the Timberwolves, I think it's 2016, I want to say, before KD went to uh, the Warriors. Yep. And the Timberwolves, like, won the last game of the season against the Warriors. It mattered a little. It mattered for overall home record for number one seed in each conference. And Carly Downs was switched on Steph Curry, played really, really well, played good defense. And now or four years later, I don't know what happened. Falling off it's a little just, bit. It's just rough for the Timberwolves. I don't know how we got on a tangent about the Timberwolves, but here we are. No, oh, I mean... <laughs> Well, we're looking through the teams we thought would make, you know, make the playoffs yeah. over the Thunder. You know, yeah. over the Thunder who traded away their best two players over the offseason and got back two players that, were, I mean, what the Thunder got back was definitely worse. Their draft picks made up for it. I don't think anyone's saying, yeah. oh, yeah, Chris Paul can be everybody as good as Russell Westbrook. And, you know, Gallinari and SGA will make up for it as well. I was going, man, all right, we got, we got a bunch of draft picks. That's awesome. I wasn't going, oh, man, I bet we're, yeah, and I wasn't going, oh, man, I bet we're fifth in the playoffs. What's up? There's no, there's no really, like, there's not any egos, seemingly, on that Thunder team. That's true as well. I mean, I I looked at the team and I thought, man, all right, at least we got some good draft picks. And, you know, if someone told me, hey, the Thunder are going to be the fifth seed in the West, by the end of the season, I'd go, okay, what? Really? I'd go seven or eight. If someone said seven or eight, I'd be like, okay. Hey, yeah, if someone said eight, yeah, they'll creep in. (laughs) The five, they'll almost have home court advantage. I mean, 16 games over 500. Yeah. Does Thunder play that game on March 11th and beat Utah? They're the fourth seed in the West, by the way, just put everyone's head back in order. That's how... That's how the Thunder were. With a month left in the season, the Thunder were fighting for fourth seed in the West this year. That's mm-hmm. how that weird, weirdly good the Thunder team was. But you know I could talk about the Thunder all day. Um, for sure. If you if you had to choose, okay, I want Beal to go here. You're, Beal, you're a Beal fan. Where would you want him to go? Pro- I've said this before, um, and I'm just going to go off fit off of people that have pieces, so it's kind of like a a mesh between everywhere. Um, you know, the Wizards would get back good pieces. Well, I think they would have, but the Nuggets, um, the Nuggets would have been my team. Um, him and Jamal Murray, I think, would have been really good together. Um, and whether or not they're good together, him and Jokic would have been great. Uh, but I think, as crazy as it sounds, I think um, them trading Beasley I think that I don't know if they were necessarily even trying to trade for Beal, but that Gary Harris contract is brutal and Gary Harris is not that great. He's not bad, but he's not great. Uh, and Beasley, cause Beasley was supposed to be like kind of an up and coming thing. And I thought he was going to be good with the Timberwolves and they still haven't been good. 
Um, but I, I think the Nuggets would have been on there. I think Portland would have been on there. Um, and probably the Thunder. I got There's no Eastern Conference teams that I'd want to see him go to. Celtics, absolutely not. Um, Toronto, absolutely not. Brooklyn, no. Like I'd, I'd rather him go to the West. Um, Nuggets would be at the top of my list. Portland would be second. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I would. I wouldn't want him to go to Portland because I wouldn't want him to have to. You know, okay, who's better? And in my mind, Beal would show he's better than Lillard. You know, in a couple minutes, it would take him a little bit, but you know, after a month, would be okay. Beal's better than Lillard, or at least more consistent. Um, I think Lillard's really, really good, though. I think he's really good. I think he has crazy games where he goes off and scores a bunch of points, and Sports Center talks about him for a week or two, and then. We forget that they're the ninth seed in the West, and you would think that, especially in this year, they would be a lot better. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm. I, I will say this: I'm sick and tired of seeing on Twitter the damn Lillard shot of this shot really blew up the team. Yeah, you know what? You're right. It really did blow up the team, and you know what the team has now? Eight first round draft picks more than they had last season. And is the fourth, you know, fighting for the fourth seed in the West while the Trailblazers aren't in the playoffs. I'm, I'm sorry. I just had to say that. I just, just, that's annoying as can be. Dim Lillard, of course, had maybe one of the best shots, maybe even the best shot I'll see alive. Of, yeah, of, you know, buzzer beater and knocking a team out of the playoffs, especially a team he wasn't favored to beat. That was incredible. That whole playoff series, Dame Lillard went off. That was a perfect storm for him, you know? Yeah. He yeah. has Nurkic go out. The Blazers drop a couple spots where they got to line up with the Thunder. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You know, it's a Thunder fan. Okay. Cool, man. This is sweet. We get to play the Trailblazers. And then all of a sudden, it just blows up in our face. But the Trailblazers don't do anything with it. And I think, I think Lillard's really good. But I think Lillard would be really, really good. You know, I think Lillard could be a... I think Lillard, if you place Lillard with Kyrie right now, I think Lillard could also have an MVP. Eric, excuse me, could also have a, uh, a you know, a ring. You also have a ring. Mm-hmm. You also have a championship ring. But unless you're pairing Lillard with, you know, I'm saying like LeBron or KD, I don't think there's a chance he gets a ring. He's just well an undersized guy, needs the right fit. That Portland series was tough, though, too, because Nurkic broke his leg. Yeah. Um, to Just to play devil's advocate, you know, I don't know how much of a chance. Who are they going to play? I don't After even remember. The Thunder? Yeah. Warriors, I think. The Warriors. And I, yeah. I don't know how much of a chance they really had um, with that. You know, I'm not going to say that they did, but... Um, Nurkic breaking his leg was was tough. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be one of the hardest things to deal with is a late season injury where you're playing with a guy all mm-hmm. year for 50, you know, 60 games or whatever it was. But at the same point, I just get so tired of seeing Dan Lillard really into the Thunder. Yeah, he ended Russell oh, Westbrook no, with the Thunder. Oh, no, they lost to Denver. Oh, oh it was Denver? 
Oh, no. So they beat the Thunder in the conference first round, then beat Denver in seven, and then got swept by the Warriors. Yeah, okay. okay. And they weren't, I mean, game one was a blowout. They lost game two by three. Um, they lost game three by 11, so take that. And then they lost game four in overtime. So if Nurkic is there, I don't know what happens, but they probably don't get swept. Probably get swept, and if Nurkic is, but if Katie's fully healthy, probably still get swept. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of teams got swept if the Warriors been full strength. I think the Warriors would have won the whole <laughs> championship last year if Katie was full strength the, in the playoffs. You know, no, no doubt in my mind. I will uh, never let that down. There is a massive asterisk next to the season. Yeah, Kawhi, listen, played amazing, phenomenal, but. The, the dude won one of the weirdest NBA championships ever. I mean, it's it's got to be said. The the Kawhi winning the championship for Toronto and being traded there, playing one season, on, but not even playing a ton of games. You know, in play 70-plus. He still played less than 70 games for him. And then once the mm-hmm. NBA championship for a city and then leaving free agency the next year is going to be one of the weirdest storylines we ever see. That 30 for 30 or documentary whatever of... <laughs> Of the Kawhi years, you know, let's say it's like starts in 2015 with that first Spurs championship and then goes through 2025 or whatever it is. It's going to be crazy. Um, Well, I can imagine in 20 years, Kawhi is going to be probably one of the most unknown players. You think so? Yeah, it'll be something like where we look back on our, you know, us watching basketball when we're this age in 20, 30 years. And I'm like. Man, that Kawhi Leonard guy was pretty good, and you guys have no idea who he is. Yeah. Do you think that's because you don't think he won another championship in his career? I or? just think it's because of his personality. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, what, he partners with New Balance. He is now playing for his third team in the NBA. You know, it's I can see that a little bit more. Yeah. Just because, you know. It's not he won't have he's not gonna have LeBron shoes, you know, and he's not mm-hmm. he has he hasn't taken it over. Um I think people are definitely gonna remember Anthony Davis a little bit more than Kawhi Leonard. But it matters all yeah. I mean, granted a lot of this matters what part of the country, but if you're just some dude in, in Georgia, Oklahoma, Michigan, whatever, you're gonna be, you know. Oh yeah, I remember that Kawhi Leonard too. That's right. Ah man, yeah, what a guy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Not necessarily, uh, oh my gosh, but yeah. Um, well, hey, as we wrap up the podcast here, what were your like biggest takeaways from The Last Dance? Was there something you learned that you didn't know before? You know, to change your perspective on Jordan, anything like that? So, I'll leave it off by saying the most frustrating part that I've started to see on social media is um, like Scotty Pippen saying he's not very happy with Michael Jordan. I don't know if you saw that. Horace Grant saying the same thing, and People saying, well, you know, Jordan helped direct this, so it's going to be his narrative, yada, yada, yada. If you didn't know that coming in, I cannot help you. I knew that coming in. You know, and and Jordan said before the doc, he's like, I'm afraid because it's going to make people think I'm a jerk. People already, you know, like it, it didn't really change my my perception of him as like, I, I just, 
I guess we saw how much more intense he was, how much more like how he would take every little thing and and push himself to do it. Um, I think that was probably the best part. And, you know, that's stuff that we can implement in our everyday lives where it's like, you know, you can even take the little thing and just push yourself forward. And I think I think that documentary preached a lot of that. But all the stuff about I don't really know how Michael Jordan made Scottie Pippen look bad. I don't think anybody looks at Scottie Pippen now and goes, wow, you were bad. Wow, you were a bad person. You know, I, I didn't get any of that vibe from Scottie Pippen throughout the whole doc. Um, the only thing was the ball throwing thing, and they interviewed him about it. So he had his two cents to put into it, and he said, if I had to do it again, I would probably do the same thing. So, like, after watching the doc, I didn't understand how how it made Scottie Pippen look bad. You know, because I didn't, after watching it, I wasn't, I didn't think negatively of Scottie Pippen. You know, yeah. I, I just, I, 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 th- I came away thinking, wow, he's a better player than I thought he was. I liked knowing a little bit more about his background and Dennis Robin's background. That was really cool to like learn that Pippen was a manager then was a player, then got drafted. And, and Steve Kerr as well. And Steve okay. Kerr. Learning about his background, too, was really awesome as well. Um, you know, Steve Kerr, not to bring this technically too personal, but, you know, my dad lost his dad the same year that Steve Kerr lost his dad as well. And it's kind of cool to get to watch it with my dad and family here and, you know, learn about the whole thing and, you know, Steve Kerr's, you know, father is, you know, shot while he's trying to promote basically peace um, in Beirut and, you know, and the mm-hmm. idea of Western culture and make everyone, you know, feel better and stuff. And all of a sudden you learn that, oh, my gosh, Steve Kerr, this dude knows what he's talking about on some of these bigger issues outside of sports. But yeah, yeah, I'll say on Pippen, um, they I didn't really understand why he came back to the team and why he ended the, the trade holdout necessarily. I wish that mm-hmm. that had, I wish there was a two minute thing on that or something. And, and more of, uh, listen, I understand it's the last dance. I understand basically once the season ends, it's over and that type of stuff too. But if Reinsdorf saying, I would have, you know, hey, I was not going to pay Pippen because we saw he was entering the very last game of the season or whatever, or, you know, there's something weird about, hey, listen, you know, Pippen on that last shot when we had Kukoc hit it instead or whatever it was. That type of stuff is all like relative to me. And I would understand how it would hurt me if I was the exact player um, more. It didn't matter to me a ton now because I already like Pippen. I came away from the dock liking Pippen more than I did before watching it. So um, yeah. I, under- I understand Dennis Rodman. More of like, oh, this dude's been crazy the whole time. You know, he's been going off <laughs> yeah. the rails. He's been going nuts, you know, since he was kicked out of his house, you know, when mm-hmm. he was a teenager. So that type of stuff at least gave me more context and made more sense for, for, especially for, you know, somebody like myself who doesn't watch a ton of retro games and classic games that really devolve into a bunch of the older player stories that are before I was born in 93. On the other hand, I, I'm trying to figure out why I think Pippen would be annoyed or upset or whatever, and I think it's because of, you know, 
they didn't explain like why Pippen came back. They didn't. Ex- they explained why you know Pippen was making fun of Jerry Krause the entire time, et cetera, et cetera. They maybe didn't go into too much of you know, hey, this is how Pippen carried the whole team, you know, in '94 and led them back to the playoffs mm-hmm. in '95. But then again, I thought there. I thought this series was going to focus like ten episodes over the whole '97 '98 season. I didn't think this. Yeah. I didn't think we'd learn basically all about Michael Jordan, you know. Um, yeah. But then again, like you said, if you came into this thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to hear an unbiased opinion from non-Chicago <laughs> residents and in media of here's who Michael Jordan is," I don't know what to tell you. I mean, they they asked Jordan, "Hey, did you know?" They asked Jordan the questions I would want them to ask. Either way, they asked Jordan the questions of. Hey, did the gambling debt had nothing to do with your father? You know, no, not at all. Hey, the gambling debt had nothing to do with you being, you know, you know, not playing basketball for basically, you know, a season and a half, et cetera, right? No, nothing at all. Yeah. So they asked those questions, which are the questions that I wanted them to ask no matter what, because I want to hear Jordan say no and hear how he says no, right? Now, whether people are going to tell their own superstitions or not, go for it. But those are the questions I wanted to ask. Those are the questions they did ask. And the rest of the questions that they asked about Jordan and stuff you learned, understood. And you have him covering up the Reebok logo in the Olympics. And you have a bunch of other of this stuff, too. Uh, Spike Lee and him go back. And you have, you know, Reggie Miller calling him, you know, Black Jesus. And, you know, and all these anecdotes, all these cool stories. And that's more of what it was to me. I cared much yeah. more about learning about the history and more in-depth knowledge of everything and getting all this information than I did necessarily of, oh my gosh, am I going to really like B.J. Armstrong or Horace Grant when this is over? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I listen, I came away from it going, okay, hey, I understood, for, I understand for sure why they focused on the Pistons series and why they didn't mm-hmm. focus at all on the Rockets, you know, winning the championship in those two years. Because the Pistons yeah. were the team Jordan had to go up against, play really tough, and go through. And Jordan was all, you know, put on some more weight and all that type of stuff. The Rockets, Jordan wasn't on the team, the league, and the Bulls didn't have a, really any success those two years anyways. So why are, you know, why are we talking about those years when really everyone cares about the six championships? So, I don't yeah, know. I, with with the with the un you know the joke on the unbiased i i didn't come away from it feeling like there's a lot hidden and i could just be completely naive but i i didn't sit there and go oh i feel like jordan's not telling the whole truth and you're right about the scotty pippen like sitting out why did he come back to the team and stuff like that but watching it i know why scotty pippen was sitting out do i blame him absolutely not so that didn't rub me the wrong way. I didn't view Scottie Pippen as less of a basketball player, less of a person because he set out because he was what? I think they said like the 150th highest paid player in the NBA. And he yeah. set out trying to bargain a new contract. I'm supposed to be upset that he's sitting out. No, I'm not upset. I get it. You should be playing for what you're worth. And especially he probably looks at the contracts now and he's like, you got to be freaking kidding me. But right, like I, I didn't feel you know you're right. They asked a lot of the questions that I wanted them to ask about the gambling and stuff like that, and it didn't feel like I was being lied to. 
with what he said. You know, he could have omitted information, but him saying, you know, yeah, I like to bet on whatever, like us playing golf or, and was it more than that? Probably. It's hard for me to say, no, there was no possible way at all. It wasn't anything besides that. If he's not betting on his games for them to lose, I do not care. I just yeah. don't. It, it's like the Pete Rose thing. Pete Rose bet on his teams to win. Why is he excluded from the Hall of Fame? I don't know. He bet on his teams to win, not to lose, so he's not point-shaving. Was Jordan point-shaving? Not to my knowledge. I don't care. You know, and it, I don't think the NBA, like David Stern came on there and was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you know, like, he said, no, we didn't kick Jordan out for gambling. He left under his own power because he can. Right. And I, But I understand Horace Grant's beefs because he was accused of leaking information. Now, whether he did it or not, I don't know, but I understand why he has beef with it. Scottie Pippen, I don't really understand, especially when he's in the dock. Horace Grant is in the dock. Yeah. Like you, you know what they're asking you about. I don't think they're portraying you like. I don't think anybody's looking down on Horace Grant saying, "Oh, you leaked information thirty years ago about the Jordan rules." Well, it didn't work, so who cares? He still won. He still won six and zero in the finals. I don't know what you want. It didn't work, so. Yeah, right. I, I don't understand. I don't understand that part. That was the only part where I was like, I don't get it. But everything else, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the old doc was really, really good. I, but like you, I, I don't necessarily understand why Pippen would have a huge problem with it. The, the one thing I would think of is that, as with any other documentary or TV show or anything else produced, they interviewed him and they cut some of the answers short. So be it. You know. Yeah. Um. Or they yeah. use they use the stuff he said at definitely at, you know a little bit different times than he thought they would use it or whatever. He was under different assumptions mm-hmm. would be the one thing I would say. But this is also this is the Jordan doc. You know, this could have this could also been the Jordan files. They could have renamed it that and rolled with it and moved on. I I don't necessarily know why Pippen, um, Horace Grant would be that upset but it'd have to be under those assumptions the guesses i would have you know they assumed the cuts would be a little bit different etc etc whatever it would be i'm really happy they made the documentary and i'm really happy they pushed up during quarantine so that we didn't have to wait till june to watch this you know we get to well according, watch the 10 parts. according to espn they they released it because jordan felt threatened by lebron which is hilarious if he really did, then okay. But I doubt it. I sincerely doubt Jordan felt threatened. I feel like that's just a good talking point for everyone else. You know? Yeah. Well, and if you see Jordan's like interviews asking them about the greatest player of all time, should could he believe in his head that he's the greatest player of all time? Absolutely. Should you say it? No. What's the point? It's not like other people determine if you're the greatest of all time, not you. I could say I'm the greatest of all time. Does that make me the greatest of all time? No. Right. 
in in Jordan's doc or Jordan's interview, I think he did it with Will Bond. He said, I'm not going to say I'm the greatest of all time because I didn't have the chance to play against Jerry West or Will Chamberlain or any of those guys. So I'm not going to discount them playing basketball. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point, too. I think Jordan's the greatest player of all time. I'm willing to say that so for do sure. I. But you're right. I wouldn't say I'm the greatest podcaster of all time. I would have somebody <laughs> else say that, right? You know? Yeah. And Magic said that. Um, he said LeBron is the greatest all-around player of all time, but Jordan is the greatest of all time. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. But, you know, there was there are those stats where Jordan played point guard that one year and was averaging like 10 assists. So it's it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't because LeBron fans just get like completely triggered by it. Um which I still think is funny, but yeah, all around, I thought the doc was great. I'm glad they released it now. Um, I didn't really have any qualms about it. I didn't think it was poorly made. I didn't, I didn't have any discrepancies. Yeah. One thing I would say for sure is that, and I also went under, I also went in with the same kind of impression is that this is going to be a Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls ad. And it definitely was, you know, it makes me Mm -hmm. only like, Jordan and the Bulls more than I did coming in. But I would argue with anyone who said that they didn't think that at the end of it. You know, and I'd also go, man, this was really, really a cool doc to watch. And it was cool seeing Lost Dance. And, you know, we could talk about the whole thing for four more hours. Um, about the whole, you know, and go, go episode by episode and everything like that with it i'm more excited now to watch the more documentaries that are coming out this summer i think there's the, the long ball or something like that to come out in june between uh, mark mcguire and sammy sosa one. yeah there's the bruce and lee one bruce lee and lance armstrong lance armstrong too yeah so be a bunch of other ones this summer that'll be really nice and heck who knows rumors here and there it seems like every day between mlb and nfl and cultural ball and nba and everything like that too Hopefully sports starts up safely and good, you know. But uh hopefully it's yeah. not before too long too. Just kinda kinda just kinda sending best wishes that it starts up sooner rather than later, but of course safety and health are more of a priority in my mind, for sure too. I agree. Alright, well, Jake, thanks so much for joining me here on the latest episode of the CJ Tour. Luke, thank you for joining as well. A couple of your points too, bud. Those were great. And uh we'll catch everyone again soon. Peace. Thanks, guys.